All right, in two more minutes, I'm going to get started. That's 101, which all... Okay, let me get started. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, I can tell, I cannot tell who is joining me right now, but thank you for coming. And, uh, whoever's listening le later, thank you for listening in. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick follow up of nothing serious. I'm not that well prepared, but I'm going to do it because uh, I did an episode called When Dumb Fucks Cost the Fuck. Uh, just talking about uh, multiple prosecutors going after Trump. And with these trumped up charges that are really uh, conflicting with each other. So, uh, so today I'm just going to follow up on that because, uh, uh, as you know, I'm a, I consume alternative media and one of them is a democracy now. So they had a clip, I think it's today or yesterday about, uh, uh Atlanta is uh, pressing charges against 61 opponents of the cop city project and uh, the crime allegedly committed by these 61 opponents of cop city in atlanta georgia is also rico the same law that uh, trump and his uh, mostly lawyers uh, are being uh, prosecuted by uh, fanny willis of a uh, i think a county district attorney's in Georgia. So without further ado, let me just play that a little bit and uh and and I I'm, I'm going to go from there. Here it is. Where the state's Republican Attorney General has announced a sweeping new RICO indictment against 61 activists and others he accuses of being part of a, quote, criminal enterprise to stop Cop City, a massive $90 million police training complex that's facing widespread opposition and ongoing protests. The charges were brought in Fulton County and approved by the same grand jury that indicted former President Donald Trump and 18 of his associates on RICO or racketeering charges brought by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, who is a Democrat. At a news conference Tuesday, Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr and John Fowler, head of Georgia's prosecution division, laid out their allegations and why they brought the case in Fulton County. As alleged in the indictment, the defendants are members of Defend the Atlanta Forest, an anarchist, anti-police, an anti-business extremist organization. We contend these 61 defendants together have conspired to prevent the construction of the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center by conducting, coordinating, and organizing acts of violence, intimidation, and property destruction. Why Fulton County and not DeKalb County? Uh, Georgia racketeering law allows that, um, and we availed ourselves of, of the Georgia racketeering law to do that. Um, anywhere that a predicate act um, or an overt act in furtherance of a conspiracy occurred, 
um, in any county where that occurred is where you can indict the case, and we chose Fulton County. When you allege a conspiracy to commit racketeering, there's no requirement under Georgia law that they know each other. Um, the whole purpose of the, of the Georgia racketeering law is that they're all working in some way, shape, or form towards the same goal, and they formed a conspiracy to do that. That doesn't necessarily mean that every person has to talk to every single person. All you have to do is commit one overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy with the others, and then you can be guilty of, of um, racketeering. So that's that's why is because it's a large case, um, and and so if you want to tie everybody together, and they're all trying to do the same thing, racketeering is the appropriate charge. In addition to the sixty-one racketeering indictments, five people were also indicted on domestic terrorism and first-degree arson charges. Three people with the Atlanta Solidarity Fund were each indicted on fifteen counts of money laundering for their work to provide bail money and legal aid for protesters. The indictment was issued on September 5th and filed August 29th. The indictment alleges the protests included violent anti-police sentiment that's now one of the, quote, core driving motives of protests to stop Cop City. For more, we go to Atlanta, where we're joined by Kiana Jones, a Stop Cop City organizer for community movement builders, and Devin Franklin, a movement policy counsel at the Southern Center for Human Rights. He worked over a decade as a public defender in Atlanta. His group has issued a call for lawyers to represent the 61 people now facing RICO charges. We welcome you both to Democracy Now! These are late-breaking developments. Devin, let's begin with you. Can you explain what happened? Um, Can you explain these RICO charges against 61 activists from the same Fulton County grand jury that um, approved the RICO charges against President Trump. But this was all led by the Republican attorney general. Almost looks like a response to what Fannie Willis did with the grand jury uh, against President Trump and others. Good morning. Yes, it certainly is a response. um, But I would argue that it is a response to the larger movement that has been as it pertains to several matters of um, police violence and government uh, prejudice. Um, it's, it's it's just a lot going on. Um, and I think that the state has shown that they don't have a meaningful way to respond to what the people are showing that they want. And they are choosing to use uh, the legal process in a essentially violent way to target protesters. And could you talk about the uh, the in, the indictment itself, some of the main uh, aspects uh, of it, uh, Devin Franklin, and and the number of people is extraordinary that are are charged. Yeah, it's really rare for this number of people to be included on an indictment. Um, in my twelve years uh, as a public defender in Fulton County, I never had a case that this was this large or witnessed a case that was this large. Um, I think that when we look at the number of people that were accused and we look at the allegations that are included in the indictment, what we see are a wide variety of activities that are lawful, that are being deemed to be criminal. And um, that includes things such as passing out flyers, right? Um, a really clear example of First Amendment, um, the exercise of First Amendment, of First Amendment rights. Um, we see that uh, organizations that were bailing people out for protests um, or conducting business in otherwise lawful manners um, have been deemed to be part of some ominous um, infrastructure. Um, and it's just not accurate. Um, this is really clearly a political prosecution. Um, and yeah. 
and, and how does it turn out that the same grand jury uh, that indicted uh, Trump and and uh, his associates uh, is uh, was the grand jury on this particular case? It appears to be so from the limited information that I've been given, um, and it could simply be a matter of timing. It could have been something that has that was on. I. Uh, DA Fonnie Willis and AG Chris Carr. Um, there's no way to know for certain. Um, but what we do know is that for some point in time, for a period of time, rather, um, the attorney general of the state of Georgia, uh, the governor of the state of Georgia, Brian Kemp, have both expressed discontent with the success that has been gained by the Stop Cop City movement and the momentum that has been created in the streets among the people and that they have chosen to use those things which they which they have at their access, at their disposal to essentially attempt to criminalize um, otherwise lawful activity. Devin Franklin, what's interesting is that the DeKalb County's top prosecutor, the DA, announced she is stepping away from every case involving Atlanta's public safety, public safety training center, Cup City. DeKalb mm-hmm. County District Attorney Sherry Boston announced she is out. She will not support these, uh, charges going forward. Your response to this? I think it's telling. I think it's really telling because uh, the DeKalb County prosecutor has, you know, a pretty good reputation in the legal community. And for her to take a look at the actions that the attorney general was seeking to um, go forward with in her county and for her to say, you know, I don't want any parts of it. I have concerns about the legitimacy of these charges. I have concerns about the intent of the charges that the prosecutor uh, attorney general uh, Chris Carr is seeking. Um, I think that it is kind of uh, uh, a unique, unique way of saying the quiet part out loud, which is something is not right. Um, something doesn't smell right with this entire situation, and I want no parts of it. Um, but I think that will bear out as we get deeper into the discovery that is to follow the indictment. And very quickly, uh, before we go to Kiana Jones, um, your own center, the Southern Center um, for Human Rights, has it been named in any way in this? You have called for lawyers around the country to come help represent the protesters, but you yourself are a lawyer and you're a former public defender. Correct. Yeah. Um, in no way that I'm, I'm aware that we have been named in anything Um we are attempting, uh, essentially just trying to make sure that persons who are brought within the arms of the legal system um, have access to counsel. That's a constitutional right, um, and there is nothing unlawful about ensuring that people have fair, accurate, zealous representation when they're taking on a system such as what the state of Georgia is uh, being at this point in time. Uh, I'd like to bring uh, Kiana Jones uh, into the conversation, an organizer against Cop City. Welcome to Democracy Now! And your response to these indictments. Thank you for having me. My response to these indictments is just the same as Devin's. We know that this is retaliation for anyone who seeks to oppose the government here in Georgia. A very clear message was sent with this particular RICO indictment. We see that the date on this indictment reads May 25th, 2020, the date that George Floyd was murdered, the date that people all across this country stood up and said that enough is enough. We won't stand for police terror 
excessive violence and brutality and the senseless killings of innocent black people around this country. Since that date, this country has been upended by governments across the nation trying to build cop cities in order to quell protests because the government is simply upset that people seek to oppose and use their First Amendment right to protest when we see injustice coming from those in authority. And can you talk about examples of the charges, for example, handing out flyers, Kiana? Yes, um, people were indicted for handing out flyers and what those flyers contained First of all, messages that say stop Cop City, messages that give details about what Cop City truly is, that it is not just a public safety training facility, that it is actually a militarized training facility that would destroy 381 acres of forest land in a black neighborhood where the city of Atlanta essentially had no jurisdiction in DeKalb County, but somehow backroom deals were made and laws were broken in order to acquire the land. Some of the flyers actually named the murderers of Manuel Esteban Fayez Teran, known as Tortuguita. There is nothing that is wrong with giving information. So information that was obtained through public record that said, hey, there was a protester that was killed for sitting with their hands up. These are the perpetrators. We need justice. We want justice. I don't understand how giving out flyers with information is domestic terrorism. I don't understand how holding a sign that says stop cop city is domestic terrorism. I don't understand how opposing the government, using your legal right to protest, your right to freedom of speech is domestic terrorism. And I certainly don't understand how attending a music festival is domestic terrorism. Um, and Kiana, uh, what about this issue of the uh, the campaign for a ballot referendum against Cop City? The impact of something like these indictments on p potential voters? Oh, absolutely. This is the state's last desperate attempt to shut down the ballot referendum. We have been back and forth in court with Mayor Dickens and the city of Atlanta, also the state of Georgia, about the validity of this ballot referendum, which we know we have the right to under the Georgia Constitution, the same way Attorney General Carr went to the laws of the state of Georgia to throw together this RICO indictment, we searched the laws of the state of Georgia and the Georgia State Constitution, and we know that we have a legal right to this ballot referendum. But instead, Attorney General Carr, Mayor Andre Dickens of the city of Atlanta have tried to tie us up in court to invalidate not only this referendum, but all referenda going forward, which is a very dangerous precedent that would be set. Because what it says essentially is that if you don't like the laws that have been passed or something that's been done by your local government, then you would have no recourse. And I believe that that in itself is the ultimate pinnacle of anti-democracy. Attorney Devin Franklin, um, all of these activists will be processed at the Fulton County Jail in the same way that Trump was and, uh, and his uh, co-conspirators. Uh, and can these charges be expanded to others? And as people organize for the referendum, as they organize against Cop City, which would be the largest such uh, training facility in the country, 
does this completely derail it as they fight for their own vindication? <laughs> Nothing derails the movement. Um, as Kiana spoke, there have been ups and downs throughout the entire period of this. Um, but one thing that we know is that the movement has shown a great deal of resiliency, intelligence, and structure and organization. Um, it's a wide-ranging movement, black people, white people, um, heterosexual people, transgender people, environmentalists, social justice activists. Uh, it's a coalition of people who have come together around several issues um, and allow each other, allow people to learn from one another about um, a variety of a variety of things. Um, so I do not believe that this uh, this farce of indictment is going to intimidate um, those members of the movement. Um, to answer your first question, um, I do believe that the persons who have been charged at some point in time will go through the same booking processes as the people involved in the Trump indictment. Um, it is too early to know um, if we will have the same access to um Okay, that guy froze on you, you, oh, you too. Yeah. Let me know when I'm back. Go ahead, Devin. Yeah, it's unclear as to whether or not um, members of the movement will have access to the same negotiation abilities for bonds as members of the Trump indictment did. Uh, we would certainly hope so. Um, but it's kind of it's, it's really early in the process and we are awaiting word of what that will look like. Well, I want to thank you both for being with us, Devin Franklin, Movement Policy Council at the Southern Center for Human Rights, and Kiana Jones, a Stop Cop City organizer for community movement builders, both speaking to us from Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, th now this is a hilarious. Oh, by the way, I see this a dirty Harry uh, the word the punks, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's upset with me. That's okay. That's why I'm here. And uh, I love I love the fact that uh, Dirty Harry actually is going to express the hatred well, towards. Uh, Dirty Harry actually does that in every room. That's just his thing. Because Dirty Harry was played by Clint Eastwood, and he goes, "Do you feel lucky, punks? Do you?" Yeah. So Dirty Harry does that. Just runs in rooms and says punks, and then leaves. That's just oh, his thing. Got his it. Thing. Yeah, got they it. Do that I appreciate it. How are you doing, Harkin? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Uh, welcome, Heidi. How are you? Oh, Heidi probably is busy with her kids. I'm driving, oh, so is. I can't be talking too much. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Thank you for being here. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i in uh, Plattsburgh, New York, which is very close to the Canadian border uh, near yeah. uh, Lake Chaplin. Uh, very beautiful. I'm going to spend the next uh, three weeks here to uh, go to the Vermont side, just to enjoy the fall colors here. And uh, But when I arrived here, it's a three-day uh, uh, summer heat. <laughs> and uh, oh, and uh, my truck does not have uh, air conditioning. So it's been, uh, I would not say challenging, but it's a very good experience. Uh, I tried it out, how to have a good night's sleep under yeah. this weather conditions. And... Uh, so my real quick, my trick is go to YMCA at six o'clock, play one hour basketball, then shower there, then go to McDonald, have a smoothie, large smoothie, do some computer work there for two hours. So I'll be literally frozen because it's pretty good air conditioning. And then yeah. by that time, it's probably 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. It's not that hot. I just leave all the windows 
uh, of my truck open, <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be afraid of someone come to my into my truck and uh, overnight. So I had a you know I was able to have good night's sleep. However, the afternoon is very very uh, sweaty. It's okay. I'm I, you know sweat okay. sweaty you know will make get me lose some weight and all that. So it's no big deal. But as long as I get a shower six o'clock. Everything's cool. So uh, now just waiting for now. Finally today, four o'clock or oh, three three o'clock. We have a thunderstorm here, and the, the weather is supposed to be back to like normal. Yeah, so, we had some thunderstorms here too um, in Virginia. We're living kind of a similar lifestyle, podcasting from the road. But I'm 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 not necessarily confined to the state of Virginia, but it's just simpler for me to stay around here for certain things. You know, no. getting my car serviced and all that, but yeah, man, it's pretty cool. What Excellent. You're doing. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I have to do this uh, episode because uh, it's pretty much <laughs> I did not know you can get this uh, uh, theatrical, but uh, it is. So I have to talk about it. So real quick is this: is that there is a host in on calling. His name is Ali. He's pretty famous. He is a. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, he I know his father him. is Arab, but his mother probably is African American or vice versa. I do not remember exactly. He does not have a law degree, but his a uh, his podcast here is called the uh, Lawfare. I think L A W, A R E. I think he's just saying you know law is being used as a weapon for, for political yeah. purposes, right? So you know. These are the times that it's going to be. This is hilarious. We know in the same county in Georgia, Trump and 18 defendants were named as the RICO defendants by Fanny Willis, which I did an episode. Uh, and now 61 opponents of the, uh, against, uh, against the, uh, Cop City project is now being indicted under the same RICO law. It's a Georgia statue, and they're going to go through the same logistics, taking the mark shots, everything. I was like, boy, and of course, the DA, uh, the, the prosecutor is a Republican. I was like, boy, that <laughs> I cannot believe that uh, we are in a, in a red hot, white hot legal warfare between the political forces. Oh, by the way, just to, you know, be transparent, I am against Cop City. I'm against uh, uh, expansion of any government power, period. You know, do I believe in police? Yes. L you know, reasonable, uh, 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 reason reasonable uh Power, police power, okay, you know, and uh, but that cop city looks like a military training ground. <laughs> I, I, I am always a strongest Second Amendment uh, supporter is because when the when you militarize police, then the people, we the people, can be militarized too. So I'm okay with assault weapon, okay, because the police are having assault weapons against the people too. So. What the F? So just that's for the record. But this is a similar thing that is political activities, RICO activities. Is political activities, 
racketeering activities. I'm going to use a whole lot more actual RICO cases so we can, you guys uh, today can think it out and, uh, and you know, hopefully listeners in the future can figure it out themselves. And it's not that complicated. Again, RICO law is for mobs, for mafia. Initially, it is for mafia. Then later on, it's being applied to other enterprises that are run like a mafia through corruption, through racketeering, for, you know, you know, you name it. So, so, so that's that. But however, this is really when you press charges, recall charges against clearly political op- activists, that is just blows my mind. <laughs> I mean, but then again, like I said, Fanny Willis did it first. This is the Republicans response in Georgia to what Fanny's, Fanny Davis is doing. So they're going to go through the same process, yada, yada, yada. Oh, by the way, RICO charges are highly complicated cases. I heard, I did not read the whole detail. The judge in Georgia already is considering uh, setting a trial date uh, much later than what uh, Fanny Willis is asking for. So, because RICO is complicated. And uh, so lawfare really goes ballistic after I saw this news. And, uh, and, and of course, the guy who made the speeches, the pro- two prosecutors who made the speeches on the TV, they just look as a dumb fuck as, as, as Jack Smith, as Fannie Willis, as, uh, as, uh, Letitia James, as, uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Alvin Bragg. Okay. They're just as stupid looking. Also, the two, uh, I mean, uh, the lawyer for the opponents of the cop city and this lady who is talking on the democracy now, you just looking at them, their face, just look at their demeanor, just look at their, the way they speak. Do you really believe these people are, are mobs? They operate a mob just by plain view. It's, they're not. They do not look like, sounds like a mobster, period. But then again, for political reasons, these Republican prosecutors, they want to trump up the charges against them. In a way, Peter, I I would, uh, how can I put this? I I would uh, uh, object necessarily to that. And I would say they all act like that. Like the Clintons, uh, the Obamas, the Bushes, they were all basically just mafia. So I, I think there is a correlation but yes. uh, I don't think it should only be Trump. Correct. So, so but now, but there's a there's, there's a difference when a regular person like you and me say that's a mafia, that political dynasty, Kennedy family is a mafia family. When you say that, I know what you mean. It's from a cultural perspective. Legally speaking, you uh, whether that ent- enterprise is uh, whether this is a recall offense or not, you have to go. By the words written on the law book. I, I, so I'm not disagreeing yeah, with you. The, Heidi. Our whole system is a racket. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Yeah. You're right. The people say, you know that this guy wrote a book called The War is a, is a, is a Racket, right? You know, is a war machine a, a, a mob? Yes. Culturally speaking, they all are. 
I'm going to give you guys actual cases for you guys and you know future listeners to distinguish. There's a difference. I'm going to use a Catholic church. There's two act type of activities the Catholic church engaged in. When is a RICO? When is a not? Which I'm going to use that example. Okay. And uh, so, so, so once again, just to clarify with, uh, with what Heidi just said, yes, you can call Clinton family, um, a mob family, Bush's family, a mob, Kennedy, whatever, you can call them that. It's a cultural reference. Okay, these people are very powerful. They do shitty things and uh, they break laws and know that, right? Remember, I, I, in my past episode, I've said, I'm not saying what Trump did is uh, all legal. No, I think he did some crimes. I'm just saying when you Trump it up, you actually make these prosecutors as dumb as possible. And I, it, it's not, it's not possible for these legally trained people not to know the difference between a criminal conspiracy and, or, and a, a recall crime. If two people conspire to kill someone, that's a criminal conspiracy. If t- two people conspire to continuously kill people and sell the organs of their victims on the black market. That's a recall. Because not only did they commit a crime of a murder, they did so for a profit, for economic advantage. Okay? There's a difference between that. Conspiracy, criminal conspiracy is one thing. Criminal conspiracy to commit RICO is another. To commit RICO, you have to have that enterprise. You have to define the enterprise. They do not, they do not have to be a registered company, but you have to, as a prosecutor, to define it. You have to define what they are going after economically. In addition to the crimes they did. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to, you just run these again. You know, I cannot believe these uh, prosecutors. They can be this stupid. And uh, you, you, you think people? No, then again, I cannot blame them either. So let me just back off a little bit. Back off a little bit. I've mentioned that uh, uh, Dershowitz has uh, his uh, own YouTube channel, right? He has said this is a guy, a famous constitutional lawyer by the name of Lawrence Tribe, which I did an episode based on what this guy Lawrence Tribe said about the U.S. Supreme Court. Lawrence Tribe is among those prominent scholars, lawyers, former judges, who are promoting this idea that we can use the, uh, the, uh, the government, state government can use the 14th Amendment insurrection clause to bar Trump from running again for president. Okay, Dershowitz has said, this is a nonsense, and he explained it, and you can go watch him uh, on that. But guess what? As he predicted, Colorado now filed the first lawsuit contending that Constitution's insurrection clause bars Trump from running for president again. Now, guys, this comes to catch. I've said it before in my last episode. When dumb fucks clusterfuck. Has Trump been charged for insurrection? You probably guys follow the news much closer 
than I do. I'm pretty sure he did not. Jack Smith charges against Trump is defraud a uh, uh, criminal conspiracy with his lawyers to defraud the United States. There's no insurrection. I have said uh, charges against Trump. The espionage offenses is not an insurrection either. Insurrection is a specific statute. I'm very sure of that. So, if the prosecutor of, of from the federal government and the state government never let, alleged, uh, uh, claims that Trump organized an insurrection, how these people can use insurrection clause to bar Trump from running for president again? It's just bizarre. Like, all these lawyers, they don't know. Should they call uh, this guy's office, uh, Jack Smith's office, say, hey, hey, Jack, make sure you press charges in, of leading an insurrection on January 6th against Donald Trump. Because we're about to file a lawsuit barring him from running for president again. Whether they did it or not, the fact is that Jack Smith for January 6th did not press charges against Trump for organizing an insurrection. That's the bottom line. Then if you don't press charges against Trump, how you can bar him using the insurrection clause? You cannot be this stupid. But they are. They are. So, so like I said, you know, these, these people, they are from very privileged families. You know, all these lawyers and all that, especially, you know. And I don't think they learned. I don't think they learned. They should learn at school. I don't think they learned. So, so let me just ask you, you know, I guess saying I'm anti-cop city, you know, just laid it out first. Now let's look. Is any anti-police action an enterprise for profit or other economic advantages? The, the, the answer is, of course, not. People, you know, Black Lives, BLM activists, they can go up on the street to say, you know, they're going to fly a cop like a pig or whatever they say. Those are political protests. They're doing that not because they want to gain a profit or other economic advantage. They organize the protest. They probably have their tactics. Sometimes this can be violent ones, burning certain things, right? Painting graffitis, whatever. These are all crimes, but they are not recall crimes. As simple as that. As simple as that. Okay? So now let me go through some actual examples. Can a police itself be considered an organized crime? Because we, we have learned, well, the cops, they, they cover each other up. Right? We know the term called the uh, it's just called a blue curtain or blue wall. I forgot. Basically, the cops will not testify against other cops. You know, are these organized crimes? The answer is no. Because you have to allege they engaged in a activity to gain an economic advantage. Okay. But I'll give you another example. Stay with a the cop. They can be charged for recall crimes. 
If you say a group of cops, you don't have to. You have to be more than one person. You have to be have two or three cops. If these cops, uh, I know this is an actual case in Philadelphia. This uh, narcotics detective, he and his uh, co-conspirators, what they did is this: they know who is dealing drugs on the street of Philadelphia. Okay, so they cut breaks for those drug dealers. And they got paid back for what they do from these drug dealers. Is that a RICO? You bet it is. Why? Because not only that 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 group of cops have to conspire to commit crimes of say you know uh, not to uh, uh, pursue this particular drug dealer. And uh, look the other way when this drug dealer is doing his business in this area and all that, whatever. That is a crime all by itself, right? But if they, these cops, they also receive money, financial compensation for the crimes they did. That's a RICO enterprise. That's a RICO enterprise. That's not a political activity, not a protest, not running for elections. Okay. Like I said, Trump, whatever he did for January 6th is bad. There is, in my opinion, a common law incitement of a riot. As simple as that. You don't even need a law. Just common law saying there's a group of people who are drunk. One of them is a leader. That leader said, let's go burn that building. That group of people go there and burn that building. There is a leader who says so. That leader is Trump. It's an incitement of violence, disorderly conduct. But to say that it's a RICO, then you have to answer the question, what kind of financial advantage, economic benefit, this whole activity in January 6th is all about? The Trump being among, talking to his lawyers, saying some nonsensical Legal strategies. That's just regular consultation with the lawyers about political activities. Right? That's called a RICO now? <laughs> it's not, like I said before. Now, this particular case against cop city opponents, it's the same thing. These cop city opponents, they can be violent. They, you know, they, apparently they, 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 they also use this, uh, environmental protection, uh, uh, uh as a, maybe an excuse to protest the building of this cop city. Whatever, whatever they're doing, some of them could be violent. Whatever they do could be violent. These are other crimes and other cr uh, criminal statutes. If you say they're doing this for RICO reasons, as a RICO, you have the, the government, the process, you have to say, what is the economic advantage these people are trying to gain from organizing all this? The answer is none. If you remember uh, when I played that clip, the, uh, one of the two prosecutors, the second one who come out and say, well, according to the Georgia law, as long as a group of people conspired, uh, conspired to do this thing, 
then it's a RICO. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Conspiracy is just the first step. These group of people agreed. They meet with each other. They agreed to do it. That it is a criminal act. For example, burning a police car. These 61 people agreed they plan to burn a police car. That itself is a crime, but not a RICO crime. To make a RICO crime, you have to say what kind of economic gains they're going to get. Again, going back back to the cop, the bad narcotic narcotics cop, cops trying to you know collect some money, protection money by providing protection to drug dealers on the street of Philadelphia. That's a RICO activity. It's the same thing, you know. Now, in this clip on Democracy Now!, the, the, the host asking, is this a response to the Trump RICO case? I think one of them, the lawyer, says, yes, I agree. And I, I, I will not blame them if this is really a response by the, these two Republican prosecutors to the Trump RICO case. You just make a freak show more freakish. <laughs> I like it. Uh, this is very entertaining. Just look how stupid these people are. These people are actually in charge of a law and order in this country. I found out to be hilarious. These are the people who are. So now, let me let me give you guys some more ex examples. Actually, uh, that are RICO case, case the situation that you actually can be easily, you know, be reminded or aware of. Okay. The first example I will use is this. You have uh, probably heard a lot of uh, quite a number of incidents called the flash mob. Uh, just they just come into a department store and just grab whatever, smash and grab. You know they are always coming in groups, right? And they will go into a department store like a Macy's, or usually fancy stores or a Apple stores. They will do a smash and grab. Is this a RICO? That could be a RICO. Because I'm pretty sure those stolen goods will get to be sold on the black market somewhere, somehow. Now, if the government can actually find out how these stolen goods flow out after the crime was committed and find out whether these uh, this illegal financial transaction happened in an organized fashion. Because I'm pretty sure the smash and grab is organized. That criminal act itself is organized. All right? Because the, you need a good timing. They all have to show up at a predetermined time and spot to commit an act with a group of people. It's a conspiracy. No doubt about it. We call it a flash mob, M-O-B, like a mafia, right? Rightfully so. But to say they committed RICO, you have to find out. The stolen goods was systematically sold in the black market. So you can imagine... I'm sorry? Go, go, go ahead. Uh, I was
No, I was just saying it's ridiculous that somebody could get charged with domestic terrorism for protesting. Exactly. Like, get, exactly. Get hit with like get get hit with a RICO. Exactly. You know, for, I mean, isn't that like racketeering or something like that? Like I mean, it is. RICO I mean, is for racketeering. Yeah. Exactly. It's a protest for God's sake, right? I have more example. These are very simple example. You guys can easily understand what it is. A flash mob, you know, is easy. I'm not saying a flash mob necessarily is a RICO case. Okay, I, I love Heidi said one day uh, today. She uh, she says she has changed her uh, perspective. From now, she wants to look at one issue at a time. Yes, you know, traditionally you have to look at each case one at once at a time. Whether a, a flash mob smash and grab in a department store, whether that's a RICO case or not, you have to find out whether there is a enterprise activities with those stolen goods. If there, if there's an organized way of getting those stolen goods, you know, transferred and then people get paid and all that, that's a RICO. If you cannot find those evidence, it's not RICO. It's still a crime. No doubt. Everybody knows it's still a crime. It's still a conspiracy crime also, but it's not a RICO. As Hakim said earlier, it is ups, it shocked the conscience. Now for these stupid dumb fuck prosecutors will go after just regular political protests, violent it may be, illegal it may be, a crime act it may be. It's a not a RICO. For God's sake, if you read the law, it's not a RICO. You are a lawyer. So, uh -huh. so was it? Was it? Uh, was there violence in their protests? Maybe you know, like a, just like a typical, like a BLM protest, that burn the car. You know. Sorry. You know, uh, it's not a RICO. Are you talking? You thirty six? Uh, I'm sorry. Were you talking about January sixth? No. No, January sixth. No, 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 no. no. What protest? Uh, the cop city in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. My. I so basically, it's it's either today's news or yesterday's news. Basically, now the same county in Georgia, they are filing a RICO lawsuit against the sixty-one defendants. So, um. Was it was there violence though? Was was somebody acting violent in these protests? There could be, but actually, these uh, uh, these people on the democracy now they say there's no violence. All they said they they're just organizing to, you know, organizing protests. Again, I'm against the cop city myself. I'm I applaud yeah. what they're doing. You know, it doesn't sound like. <laughs> yeah, I know you're driving, Hakim. So you you're off uh, on and off a little bit. But go ahead, yeah, go ahead, re repeat yourself. Say it again. We can't hear you, Hakeem. Try again. Okay, well, uh, I, I hope you'll come back. Uh, Heidi, you want to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I haven't had a chance to get, get the news today because I had to go to the open house for my kid's school uh, okay. right after, yeah. So I'll get back to you on. Oh, no problem, no problem, no, no, just good. I mean, actually, I saw Byte have to postpone his uh, podcast yesterday because of work. I mean, you you all have to set the priority correct. You have to get your job done, 
get your kids taken care of. <laughs> Don't get on the calling if you, you know, you are sick or you are whatever, you know. It's yeah. not worth it. Totally well, I was not. just saying uh, I'm, I'm in a bad service area. I'm, I just drove into the middle of a house in a forest, so I got to get to a better service area. But I, but I was no. just agreeing that um, that's ridiculous. Like you said, even if uh, it was violent, that's not a still not a conspiracy. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not, still not a I mean, you, I, I mean, you hear about Rico first started to deal with the mafia, right? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and it's like, what the hell? Like, that's so crazy, man. I mean, it is. It is. There are some organizations that have done some really shady things, like the um, Black Lives Matter with the millions and millions of dollars they got, and one of the leaders just bought a bunch of houses and stuff like uh -huh. that. But, uh -huh. you know, shouldn't they be charged with Rico shit? You know? No, I don't think they should be. I mean, they might, they might have a con, a con, a, uh, did a financial crime. Like, like yeah. I, 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 I want to be even-handed, right? This, uh, yeah. uh, this, uh, Trump advisor, Stephen, uh, Steve Banner, he, yeah. uh, he's, uh, uh, charged for, uh, 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 misusing the donations, uh, like yeah. Trump had to build a wall, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve Banner used it for something else. So the feds okay, go yeah. right after him, you know. It's similar to BLM, right? You know, I'm not going to yeah. say, oh, BLM is particularly bad. I mean, all human beings, you know, they all right. behave. It, it depends on the humans, the people in the organizations, not necessarily the organization. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so now I'm going to give you guys a more example about Rico so you can tell the difference. Now, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even a lawyer. You ask how the fuck these prosecutors do not know the differences. That's because they are totally motivated by the politics, period. The law has always been a political tool, a weapon. It's just these days, it's so... Oh, by the way, it, this is from today's news. There's a whole bunch of presidential libraries. Obama has one. Nixon has one. You know, Bush has one. Two Bushes, right? Clinton has one. They wrote a open letter collectively to tell the public, we need to do better because our democracy is in danger. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off because I just read the Malcolm X saying American democracy is a hypocrisy. <laughs> and, and I have said in my show, this is so-called white majoritarian democracy is a fucking not a democracy. You know, and technically, and, uh, isn't uh, yeah. isn't the United States technically a republic, right? You know, yeah, against uh -huh. against having you know rulers and monarchies and um, nobility, and it was originally exactly. established yeah. as a republic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now we're you know we're we're so attracted to those you know dynasties. You know, like I said, I'm not a big fan of yeah. Robert. F. Kennedy Jr. at all, you know? And yeah, I mean, that is a dynasty, for sure. Um, exactly. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these presidents come from these dynasties, like the Bush dynasty. You had them, the father, the son, and the father came from the CIA, the, the one son was the president, the other one was a governor, you know? Um, and it's like the same thing over and over again. Yep. So, so let me give you a few more examples. These are, again, these are common story common you know people's story that you heard about when you did not heard about which i will explain a little bit better so i talk about flash mob el capone when, when el capone is still operating 
there's no RICO law yet. Okay, Al Capone is probably back in the 30s, uh, 1930s, and all that. But what he's doing is a RICO because uh, at that time alcohol is illegal, so he has to organize, you know, to import, you know, or make alcohols, banned substance, you know. So that is you have to not just have to commit a crime. You have to commit those crimes for the purpose of running an enterprise to make some ka-ching ka-ching. As simple as that. So everybody can understand that. Right? The drug uh, uh, drug cartels, yes, if they operate within the United States, you can go after them using the RICO law. They, not only they will kill people, they kill people for a purpose. To, to run an enterprise. To, to scare people so they will, you know, follow their orders, yada, yada, yada. Again, they have to have an enterprise. That's a recall. So now let me talk about a case you guys probably never heard of. You know, I know this guy, uh, uh, Brady, he is uh, obsessed with this Epstein <laughs> case. Epstein is bad, no doubt about it. You look at the Epstein case, now, he somehow can, can find this island, right? He will shuttle the famous people to this island with young girls. So there's two things he did to protect himself. One, naturally speaking, he do it in an island outside the U.S. So that, 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 that water, that ocean is a natural, you know, protection racket for him, right? Another protection for him is famous people. Epstein knows all the powerful people. Right? These powerful people is uh, the human protection racket he built for himself. Right? So so let me talk about another pedophile. Earl Bradley. E-A-R-L Bradley. B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. He is a pretty... Uh, uh, he's a pediatrician in Delaware. So he molested 900 some young girls. All of them of his patients. He, the His youngest victim is probably three months old. His oldest victim is about 12 years old. Okay? He, does, he did all kinds of sexual acts with these children. Far worse than that, he also videotaped him doing those sexual acts with him. So, is that worse? Is he, this guy Earl Bradley, worse than Epstein? Or not as bad as Epstein? You can have a vote yourself. But you, now, here's the common thing. As soon as this guy was arrested, Dr. Bradley was arrested, guess who is in charge of the Delaware's attorney's general's office? That's a bold Biden. The son, the supposedly the good son, quote unquote, of a Joe Biden. That's right. He also right. he also got a sweetheart deal for the uh, Dupont heir too, right? Or is that this yes. case? 
it's a separate story. Yes, a separate story. But hear me out. I'm talking about Rico. Okay. I'm going to give you an actual example of Rico. So, as I said, all these prolific pedophiles, they share one thing. They have a good human protection racket. They have a very, very powerful people to be the human protection racket. Right? So, as soon as this guy, oh, there's a multiple times in the history, because this guy started his crime in 1994. He was arrested in 2009. So, among these Years, you count like how many years? Okay, like I said, nine hundred fifty some victims. You think he will have a protection of powerful people? Possibly, you know. But guess what? Bo Biden's office, when this guy, as soon as this guy was arrested and put in jail, not convicted, still waiting for trial. By the way, no matter how guilty he is. He is entitled for a trial, right? A fair trial. When he is in custody, before his criminal trial, Bo Biden's office filed a civil RICO charges against this doctor, saying he committed Delaware's RICO law. You know why? And then the purpose of that lawsuit is this. This doctor has about $600,000 in his bank account. So they used that to take away all his money. So he all he ended up is to use public defender's office. Not only Bo Biden did that, Bo Biden also Bulldoze the office, this doctor's office. I actually consider that it's like a Bob Biden is destroying evidence for someone else. I'm not going to talk about that someone else. So let me, so let, let, I'm going to remind you guys this, okay? You will think this guy lasts so long, this pedophile. He will have someone help him, right? You have a Bo Biden's office filed a RICO lawsuit. Remember, RICO, you have to have a conspiracy. You have the conspiracy. When you have a conspiracy, you have to have someone other than yourself to conspire with. In other words, Hakim himself cannot conspire with himself to do some crimes. He has to talk to another person. Both person has to agree to do that crime. That's a conspiracy to commit a crime. Rico, you have to do that also for a profit. So basically, Bo Biden's office saying, okay, Dr. Earl Bradley, you committed Rico and for the purpose of uh, hiding your crime, continue your medical practice and obtaining dollars, monies from these patients. So, so he did establish the enterprise part. But the question is this, who is Dr. Earl Bradley's co-conspirator? You cannot have a one person to run an enterprise, a criminal enterprise, to run a criminal con conspiracy. 
Who is that person? Who is that person? There is an actual person. I actually know a police chief who told me who that person is. Okay, you see why? Then why not both Biden's office go after that person who helped this America's most prolific pedophile? Take a guess. That person is a close friend of a Joe Biden's family. So this is another example of recall. In this example of recall, you have a Joe Biden's office use recall to confiscate the bank account of a criminal defendant, alleging this criminal defendant conspired and runs a recall enterprise without charging anyone else to be his co-conspirator. That's another recall case example for you. Remember, you have to have some financials in that thing to establish this is a enterprise. Okay, so this is another example of recall. Now let me do the、uh, last example, which is again commonly known, commonly known trial error and all that. Okay. Catholic Church. I will give two examples what Catholic Church is famous for. One is that they organize protest outside the abortion clinic. Anybody, you know, this is a common news, right? This is a common practice. We all aware of that, right? Even though there's a law saying, oh, you have to stay certain meters, say certain feet behind, uh, you know. The entrance of the abortion clinics or whatever they do it, I know they do it. Okay, I actually believe one government once either considered or did file a RICO charges against these protesters. Is this a trumped up charges? In my opinion, yes. It's another trumped up RICO charges because. You may disagree or、uh, agree with these、uh, Catholics who runs protests routinely outside.、Uh, they call the prayers, prayer session outside these、uh, abortion clinics. You may agree or disagree with them, but all they're doing along that line is a protest. It's a it's a political or maybe a religious activities. There's not a Economic advantage. These people are trying to obtain by doing this. So to file RICO charges against these people, to get a protest outside abortion clinics, very disagreeable as you may feel. It's not a RICO case. It can. It could be a trespass, criminal trespass case, if if they did not follow the rules or laws. Okay, so that that that's a bad example of a recall. I do believe was one government, a state government, filed a recall complaint against the, you know these Catholic protesters.
Here comes another example of what the Catholic Church is famous for. That is the covering up of the sexual abuse of their underage parishioners. A lot of people on the internet accuse the Catholic Church has a systemic cover-ups of what their priests are doing to these young children. Is that a recall? That could be. That could be. Okay. I will give you an example. I'll tell you in Delaware. In Delaware, uh, by the way, you know Biden's family are all Roman Catholic. They have a deep ties with the Catholic Church in Delaware. The Catholic Church Diocese in Delaware, I think they faced a lawsuit of probably a hundred some former parishioners alleging they were sexually abused while they were minors in the 70s, 80s, 60s. So the church end up uh, going through a bankruptcy proceedings in the federal court. Uh, in that particular bankruptcy uh, case, uh, the church promised that they are go not going to cover up any of those inappropriate behaviors between church employees or the clergies with the minors. But imagine this. Imagine if something bad happened again. Remember, there's a bankruptcy settlement, meaning that to prevent, to save themselves from being totally disappear, they agree with, a, you know, a bankruptcy proceeding so they can get together some assets to pay the settlement of $75 million with its victims in the past. But imagine after they settle this, something bad happened again. And all of a sudden, just as you can imagine, if something bad happened, the victim may go to a police. But it happens that this police detective, he is a member of one par uh, parish. Okay? And maybe this uh, victim go to a prosecutor's office. And it happened this prosecutor's also belongs to another parish of the same Catholic Church, same diocese, same organization. Remember, the same organization who has a bankruptcy proceeding with a settlement for their past victims. And all of a sudden, you find out different people will show up. They all did something to silence or discredit this victim, a new victim. Will, they, will that be a recall? Could be. Because now you have a, have a financial advantage involved. Meaning that you have a, a bankruptcy settlement with certain terms. One of the terms is that you are not going to, you're going to prohibit your church personnel from engaging in inappropriate behaviors with minors during any church functions. 
Now something bad happened again. Instead of a discipline, the perpetrator, you got go after the the victim. And it's not just a a a, a priest come out and going uh, and uh, uh, and uh, and went after the victim. No, no, it's it's the police. It's the police detective. It's the prosecutor's office. There's some other government officials, law enforcement agencies. When that happened, that could be an indication is that the church already has corrupt, corruptly influenced the government, the law enforcement, for the purpose of covering up abuse, sexual abuse of minors. For the purpose of gaining an economic advantage, especially when they have a bankruptcy settlement. Now that, it could be a recall. Because that's not a political action anymore. It is some sneaky cover up by discrediting the victim, say, oh, that victim must be having some mental health issues. You know, oh, by the way, the church has a playbook how to attack the victims. Okay? So, is that a recall? That's totally can be a recall. So, with all these examples, I want to share with you guys the severity of the nature of the crime, of a recall crime. They are very different. They have a, they are much Escalated. Okay. In other words, these, the defendants not only commit a regular crime on the book, they do it for a reason of running an enterprise to gain advantages, economic advantages. So think of all this. The, uh, the RICO charges against Trump and his 18 co defendants. And then now the RICO against this 61 cop city protesters. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's just another indication that we're going down the drain fast. The other day I had a room, you know, asking, would you support a coup in America? I'm just following what Dershowitz is saying. Dershowitz is giving seven bananas out of ten bananas to the U.S. today. He used banana to indicating whether this country is a banana republic or not. We used to laugh at those banana republic. We pride ourselves of a, a, a country of law and order. But we are just totally lawlessness. Totally lawless. Because guess what? Because the people who are in charge of law and order, such as these dumb fucks in Georgia, they are ruining this country by engaging in lawfares for their own political gains. Okay? So that is a, a quick thing I want to do for today because... Uh, when this happened, I, I cannot believe my ears and eyes because I was like, seriously? 
the Republican, the GOP prosecutors will do a counter recall in the same venue against 61 people? That's a freak show. It's getting just more freakish. So that in a nutshell is one of what I, what I want to talk about. And uh, Hakeem, uh, Heidi, any comments? Hey, um, uh, Peter. Yes. No, I just um, want to say thanks for sharing this topic because I haven't heard of it before. So I never even I didn't even know of this thing called Police City. But it's interesting to hear this case and um, uh, to just get some information on it. You know, one of the reasons why, you know, calling, I get to listen to it and learn a lot of new things. But that's all I'm going to say. I appreciate it. But I'm not oh, surprised that the kind of corruption that goes on with this kind of lawfaring. So much appreciated. Oh, you th thank you. So uh, I'm glad you know that guy. Ali, you know, I don't know him at all, but I, I you know, I, I feel sad that he no longer is on calling because well, I, I would, I am, um, I've heard of Ali. I've seen him on before, but um, maybe look him up. I heard that there was some kind of controversy with him, like something, some kind of uh, shady activity he got into as well. But that, oh, that okay, could just be a rumor. But okay. it would be interesting to find out what that is. Okay, because he had a pretty big show as well. Yeah, yeah, he had a pretty good followers. I know he's a big Trump supporter and all that. And uh, you know, again, you know, I, you, I don't have a problem if you support Trump. You know, I I don't support him, but but I I do believe he has a very you know strong legal cases. And uh, you know, I I don't have a problem if he win or or he lose. I have mentioned earlier uh, uh, in the Brady's room that if Trump for some reason uh, was barred from being the presidential candidate for 2024, uh, I think he, uh, especially if it's done by the GOP to him, he will have a third party easily, and which I will, I would like. I have no problem with that either. So, all right, uh, I know Heidi's with uh, uh, busy with her kids, and nothing wrong with that. Uh, with that, so I will close the room. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Hakeem. Thank you, Heidi, and I'll talk to you soon again. Appreciate it. Good night.